Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the PHNX Rising podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. My name is Ramon Chavez. I'm super happy to be here. And alongside me, as always, Owen Evans. How you doing, sir? It's going to be another long week, isn't it? I can just feel it already. No sleep. No sleep. As much as I love the, as much as I love the Open Cup, sometimes these Wednesday games just are a bit much, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, for sure. Um, and uh, in the house, we also got Peacemaker, Mr. Peacemaker, Sean DePaz. is going to be helping us out today. Yo, yo, how we doing, fellas? Yo, like that hat. Thank you for the help today. Of course. <laughs> make sure to hit up, make sure to hit up the chat with the hashtag Deadwin as usual. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> back, baby. I Edwin escaped. I recaptured him. He is now back in my nondescript location. Um and um, you know, I'm filling in for now. Right, we appreciate it. We appreciate if, the, it. if the FBI are watching this, that is Sean's dis- uh, confession right there. <laughs> no, if the FBI are watching this, that is a joke <laughs> they were laughing so it's very convincing very <laughs> convincing all right all right thank, thank you so much but now uh, yeah if you guys haven't yet uh thank you uh go ahead and subscribe i mean <laughs> like and share this video it really helps us out here at phnx and a shout out to everybody that's on the chat already bright and early here with us we always appreciate it there you go some dead win uh some dead win uh, comments on the chat already uh we have a great show for you today of course we're going to be talking about tomorrow's matchup against new mexico united in the third round of the u.s open cup so that's going to be really great uh we do have something from rick from today's uh press conference so that's going to be really fun uh we're going to be checking out the results of the last weekend's usl action a lot of surprising uh results and then also we're going to be talking about some of the u.s open cup matchups that have already started today so a lot of fun today and then uh owen you have some a uh, couple of special shout outs as well so we're going to be getting to those so uh but to lead off the show let's go ahead and see that video of rick and uh, his comments about new mexico um well their two forwards are very fast and if we try to match up man to man i think it's a bit difficult um so we probably have to make some tactical adjustments you know based on how we ended the game uh what the shape looked like i don't want to be as defensive and kind of sitting just giving up possession but i do think we need to adjust a few things sounded a bit it was interesting yeah yeah it's interesting um definitely because look it's a hard one whenever you're playing a team for the second time in a handful of days mm-hmm. at home um you know, it's, it's hard because you kind of look at it and go, have you seen everything they've got to offer? Um, especially when you start with a league game, then you go into a cup game, or have you not seen any anything at all they've got to offer in the second game? Because they might be about to do what a lot of teams have done, you know, today and make eight or nine changes. Uh, it's, it's really tough to tell. Look, the one thing that he did point out there, and this was something that I think we saw a lot of in, in that game on, on Saturday, is that they, they were really quite... Uh, on top for large spells of the game, New Mexico, despite the fact they couldn't find a goal, they were pressuring rising for a lot of that second half. And, you know, if, if you go into a game with and play like that for 90 minutes, you're going to struggle. So I understand where Rick's coming from. Of course, when he mentioned about kind of the way they adjusted late in the game, what we saw there is we saw the, the three uh, centre-backs in there in, in Kev Lambert stayed back there, Joe Farrell, Manu Madrid comes in as well. And so it kind of gave them a bit more of a, like firm central defensive grouping there, which is pretty important when you're expecting your fullbacks to be as as attack-minded as they are. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think you could see that in the, I think it was in the seventh minute of the game where I think uh, both fullbacks just went all the way up top. And then I think Nico Brett just was able to get by Kev Lambert and then Joey Farrell. And then, you know, Ben Lund came clutch uh, as he did the entire game with the great save. And that really kind of set the tone for the entire game where, you know, New Mexico United was going to have the ball, the possession. And if you give him that space, like he was talking about those two forwards, Rick was, uh, they're going to make you pay. And so uh, thanks to that Ben Lunt, uh, you know, amazing game that he had. Uh, Phoenix was able to get the victory. But, yeah, definitely something that Rick uh, kept an eye out. Um, 1-0 victory on Saturday. Greg Hurst with the 14th minute goal. Uh, take me through that goal because it happened in less than 30 seconds. Like that, that's an insane. Is that something that Rising really do practice during the week about uh, – like for like a counterattack or anything like that? Or is that something that they expected just for this week against New Mexico? Well, that's just kind of the prowess of some of the attacking players, let's be honest. And you're right. It was a very, very well taken goal. I think that it's kind of hard to to look. Well, a lot of people look at the, the finish and say, well, you know, it's fairly simple in the end. It really isn't, is it? You know, the way that he holds his composure, rounds the goalkeeper there. Um, mm. and, and the angle isn't great. When he mm-hmm. takes that shot, the angle is not great at all. That's a tough angle. And look, as, as Jet's saying, that kind of goal used to be Rising's bread and better, right? And that's because they had a lot of players who were very, uh, very good. I mean, just very good attacking players. It's as simple as that, right? When you mm-hmm. stock up on guys who like, uh, you know, like your Solomon Asantes and people like that who are just phenomenal on you know, in, in almost any phase of play. Of course, if you give them an advantage with these, you know, two of them and two defenders and that's all they've got to take on, they're going to make them look like fools. But it was good to see that kind of a goal because, again, it's kind of like Rising just getting a bit of its its old self back almost, you know, that they, they feel comfortable going up and attacking that freely and being very quick and direct with it rather than necessarily having... And not direct in a, in a negative sense, not in a, like, a you know, a dinosaur football manager type directors you often sometimes see in the lower leagues but just you know not wasting time effectively yeah. you know finding the people going forward being quick with it and then ultimately putting it away instead of what we've seen a lot of the time this season from rising which has been a this kind of a very patient build-up but it's not it's not patient in a good way it just stalls mm-hmm. yeah well, you've mentioned that before in, in some of our our last episodes where when rising gets towards the final third of the pitch, they kind of, like you're saying, they stall, they don't know where to go. Creativity, creatively, I mean, uh, they're they're not able to break through that line and create those chances. So I do want to point out Greg Hirsch that he, I think he had a, a great game, best out of the top, uh, the front three. Uh, during that goal with, uh, with Epps, he was able to kind of have this offensive awareness to say, you know what, Epps is going to get the ball. I'm going to dart towards the middle of the, of the field, and I know he's going to be able to get me the ball. And he did. And so he was able to maneuver by the keeper and get that goal. Uh, there was also that other chance that he provided to Epps. It was, I, I believe it was a foul on Arturo in the middle of the field. Arturo t- took it really quickly. Quinn to Repetto. Repetto linked up with Hurst. And Epps just uh, did a, a, a cut towards the second post. And Hurst was able to find him right away. Like he knew exactly where Epps was going to go. He provided him a great cross, uh, but Epps wasn't able to, to slot at home. So, I, I'm loving Hurst, man. Like out of the everybody that's been brought in, he's one of the guys that that's really impressive. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But I just wanted to point that out. Um, well, that was a it was a really good chance, just to be clear, the one that you were talking about, and it was ultimately a very good save by by Mizell in the New Mexico net. And I know that Michael there mentioning about making Mizell look like a fool on that one goal. It's a good time probably to talk about Mizell because that's one thing that did come out of today's press conference. We had a lot of question marks over whether. Cody Mazel would be eligible to play for New Mexico. We didn't know mm-hmm. uh, because at the end of the day, it's very unclear quite how long this loan deal he signed is. No one's really that open about it. U.S. soccer, despite I've reached out, they're not giving any real insight on that. But his loan deal had to be for 90 days or more for him to be eligible to play in the Open Cup. Well, from what Rick said today, he actually thinks that Mizell has, has gone already um okay. so on that on that basis and i'll say this the way he put it was vague enough that we don't know whether he is left left mm-hmm. or whether he is left as in gone back to albuquerque because they know that he's not eligible to play in this match mm-hmm. but it does mean that we're probably unlikely to see him in tomorrow's game 
could even mean that New Mexico only have one goalkeeper on the roster, which that's a yeah. risk. That is a real risk going into a game without someone to replace him if something goes wrong. Yeah. Uh, from looking at here, it's Ford Parker, right? And he's the one that started for the in their last US Open Cup game. So, we'll And he see. started very few games. He's played very few games over the last few years. So you never know. You never know. It's it's one of those games that Rick always has well, he's been saying this a lot this season. They're not taking enough shots on. Hmm. Um, guys like Luis accepted, who just seems to smack them from anywhere. But, you know, if if you're up against a goalkeeper like that, just hammer the shots on him because, yeah. you know, when you, when you think about it, he's not going to keep all of them out. You know, if you put five or six shots on target, is he going to save all of them? The likelihood is no. So, yeah, especially if he doesn't play at all, like he in this case. So, uh, speaking of uh, goalkeepers, Ben Lunt, uh, USL Championship Player of the Week. What, what do you think about that? Well, he deserves it, doesn't he? Let's be honest. It was a fantastic performance by him in goal last week um you, you look at what he did on rising's goal the way that he makes that save and it was a very good save that ultimately leads to that there were a couple of other really good saves in there where he really kept them in and then there was that penalty save at the end yep. <laughs> i mean you know it, it's one of those moments you get a penalty save deep into stoppage time and it feels like a winner doesn't it it feels like a goal because yeah. you shouldn't be saving that you should be conceding there it mm-hmm. feels like a goal when you get a penalty save like that that hangs on and you hang on for three points. Yeah, and even when looking back at the game, I was like, you know what? The the South End looked a little, I don't want to say nervous, but they kind of stopped so they could look at the goal. And then as soon as he stopped it, they just went all crazy again. It was it was awesome to see. So it was a good This is one of those things, I guess. You stop you stop chanting and just start, you know, you, you've got to make noise, but just general noise to try and put that player off. Yeah. Um, but they, they kind of stopped trying. And yeah, the <laughs> Lund gets the saves and the beers start flying everywhere. <laughs> um, I, I do want to point out, I don't think that was a really well taken penalty kick. That was a uh, god awful penalty. Let's be perfectly frank here. It was an awful penalty. Like, yeah, yeah. And I think you mentioned it when we're over there in the press box or after the game. I mean, that. Benla is 6-6. You need to put those in the corner if you're going to, you know, hit those penalties against them. Because from what it looked like, it was right through the middle, basically. And Lunt's going to get that every time. So, yeah, definitely something something to take care of. But, again, it doesn't, uh, you know, deny the fact that he had a great game. So, awesome for him. Really happy for him. Again, USL Championship Player of the Week. Uh, honorable mention, Greg Hurst. I like that as well. So Exactly. Great stuff there. Um, you went to uh, today's press conference. Any updates? Uh, I know the big question of this week or, or heading into this game, I mean, is Santi Moore. How's he looking? So Santi is ready to go, probably. Mm. He is fully back in training. He's at 100% in training. Now, he's not 100% overall, so you just have to bear that in mind that he's uh, not necessarily going to start, and if he does start, we don't know how long he's going to go. But Santi is expected to have a good shot at making the 18 tomorrow, from what Rick said today. Now, besides that, if we want to talk a bit about another guy like James Musa, we did have an update on James. James isn't going to be available tomorrow. He isn't going to be available on the weekend. They're hoping to ease him into training next week. But from what Rick was saying, the injury that he's got is something that's a bit complicated, to be honest. Um, he's struggling with with just trying to set out a timeline for him to come back. So they're hoping next week is is the reality. Mm-hmm. Whether that is the case is something entirely different because they're just going to have to follow doctor's advice from what he's saying. Oh, wow. Uh, so best case scenario, we're looking LA Galaxy 2 on the 30th, April possible. 30th? Okay. It's possible. But again, there's a lot of factors in there. Do do you want to bring him in at that point? Because the defense has improved a lot. And that's, that's no slight on James, but just things yeah. are working at the moment. And do you want to disrupt that? Yeah, definitely. Um, let's talk about the the uh, defense for a little bit. So, uh, Darnell King, course of the season, he has four yellow cards. Um, from my understanding, Owen, six yellow cards equals a suspension, or is that the case anymore? Nope, it's okay. eight. Eight. You okay. get a fine at five. You get a suspension at eight. There's also the good behavior initiative, which means that if you go a spell of, I believe it's five games without a card. Mm-hmm. They actually wipe one off the total okay. in terms yeah. of calculating a suspension. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's eight. They changed it to eight last season. Um, so now it's 
it's become a lot less likely that you get them, but admittedly at the rate that Darnell's picking them up, he's on course for a suspension or two. Is that Darnell's fault in a way? Do you feel do you do you feel he's playing too aggressive? Or in the la- in, in my opinion, last game, I think the, the referee was kind of quick with a lot of his cards. Not necessarily just with Darnell, but you know, with the rest of the team. It's a good question. I think that the thing about Darnell's cards that he's getting, the majority of the time, they're not for uh the actual severity of the foul in terms of is it careless, reckless, or excessive force? And, mm-hmm. you know, go on, I'll get into the little laws talk here, just so for those of you who aren't aware. <laughs> so a foul a foul that is careless results in a free kick or a penalty kick. A foul that is reckless results in not only that, but a yellow card. And a foul that's committed with excessive force is a red card offense. Okay, it's a sending off offense. So it's not necessarily the fouls that he's committing rising to the level of being careless. It's more that a lot of them, situationally, when you look at them, are, are stopping a promising attack, which is a specific kind of subset of the broad catch-all of, of yellow card offenses called unsporting behavior. And mm. so a lot of things go into determining whether you're stopping a promising attack. So one of the common ones is that, I mean, everyone knows about the, you know, we shorten it to dog so, but the red card when it's effectively you're denying an obvious goal scoring opportunity. Everyone knows about that one, right? And we've got the four different kind of things that you I'm trying to think of the word now. You've got the four different uh, elements that go into that. Um, if any of those are missing, or if one of those is missing, say you often have a situation that's stopping a promising attack. Or alternatively, you have a foul, there's just generally a lot of space to move into going forward. Um, and you're on a quick counter that's likely to be stopping a promising attack. Or if there's a, a foul quickly after a change in possession, it's likely to be stopping a promising attack. And so a lot of those things situationally have been more along those lines. Um, and they're not necessarily things that leave the referees a lot of leeway because they, if he calls the foul, they're stopping a promising attack. There's, yeah. there's almost, well, there's a lot of things to interpret there. Sometimes there's just less to interpret because... It's quite apparent that that these things sometimes are stopping a promising attack. So ultimately, he's kind of getting caught in those positions. I think it's based on the fact that transitionally, Rising haven't been the best uh, transitioning mm-hmm. to defense or, or even as something else that Rick said today, which is that they seem to be giving the ball away in front of the opposition defense on the attack. And so mm-hmm. it's letting the opposition launch those quick counterattacks. And it's being trapped in those situations and he's often the one committing the foul and therefore... Having a track back. The he's yeah. the one getting the card pulled on him. Yeah. Uh Durden423 says he's too reckless. He seems to throw himself into people all game. I, I kind of got the feeling in the beginning of the game, but you know, now thinking about it, I do see your point, Owen, where because of his duties defensively and because he pushes up so high when they lose the ball in those situations, it's it's mostly gonna be him getting those yellow cards. So hopefully, you know, they can keep that under control and it doesn't doesn't turn into uh, eight yellow cards. So then that way there's no suspension. Um, what changes do you expect for tomorrow's US Open Cup game? You expect maybe a logo for Lunt or center back pair? What do you think about that? I wouldn't be surprised at Lala for Lunt. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if, and I know Rick was saying about not wanting to be too defensive, I wouldn't be too surprised if they lined up knowing the kind of way that New Mexico attack with that kind of five or, if you want to say three, three at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, because even though it might look on the face of it to be quite defensive, it does free up those fullbacks a lot more to get involved in the attacks and not have to worry quite as much about, you know, how aware they have to be of, of what's going to happen if there's a counter-attack and, and all of that. And it it does open up different options then if you go down that route. So that could be an interesting one. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw a guy like Antwi back out there. Um, I know you you want to see Antwi out there, don't you? Antwi. But um, let's go. I wouldn't let's be too see. shocked. I, I'd be disappointed if you saw, for example, a guy like Greg, who's who's on good form, um, dropped. I understand that there's a need for rotation, but equally, some of these guys, you know, they they're on good form. You don't want to risk mm-hmm. kind of affecting that rhythm in that sense and and they want to be out there let's be honest <laughs> professional footballers they, they want to be out there every game um it's it's interesting i i don't know quite what we're gonna see um and we've been talking about what new mexico are gonna do as well because hey they they didn't play a usl game for two and a half weeks before playing rising on on saturday um are they quite as fatigued necessarily and maybe they are 
They've also got a home game against San Antonio, which is likely going to be a big game for them on Saturday. So maybe we will see more rotation. And then maybe we'll see more guys like, uh, I believe, Josh Suggs is on the bench. You know, he's someone who's been there for a while. Maybe we see more of him. Um, I'm definitely not bringing him up because of Michael's earlier comment about how they can collectively play keeper. And we all know <laughs> his Josh Suggs' comments about the collective from 2019, about how he... He disliked everything that Phoenix Rising stood for because they were the individual and New Mexico were the collective. Um, yeah, it's some weird, weird. This is a weird, like, just... Again, some people will say it's not a rivalry because they don't win, because New Mexico can't win these games, but it's a weird rivalry. We've had such a weird, like, string of games yeah, and, and all things outside of the games that have just all kind of added up. I think that's what makes it a rivalry, you know? It's like having those uh, New Mexico beating Rising and those penalty kicks, and then now with this last-minute, you know, save at uh, at goal from Lunt, I think it kind of just builds it up a little bit more. So uh, I like it. I like it in, in a sense. But, yeah, as far as uh, goal, I'd, I'd like to see Lalo. I think Lunt deserves a break <laughs> after after that great performance. I wouldn't mind seeing maybe Joey Calistri uh, Joey for Epps, maybe on the right-hand side. The New but, Mexico killer. There you go. There you go. The the five in the back idea, I'm really like kind of looking forward to maybe seeing that. And just like you were saying, it, it kind of takes off some of the defensive responsibility from those fullbacks. And if they do lose the ball up top, they can maybe at least try to press uh, New Mexico a little bit more and try to gain the advantage in that sense. So if we can see it, I'd, I'd be a fan of that just to see how that works out. Um and, and then, it also, uh, it also to be clear, would get would get Manu in the squad as well without having to drop one of the other two. And we know that Manu's also been a threat in the air up top. So, yeah. And so, one quick key question is: Do you think Joe Farrell will will start his 101st game <laughs> on Wednesday? He's logged over 400 minutes this season. You give this guy, a, yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, you report to and I know that I I mean just as a as a, a side note on this is Jets in the comments there with the any hope on that new center back. Look, we it was asked today, we don't yet know. This the thing about these things is a lot of moving parts, right? We've heard that there's been visa troubles. If if anyone's ever dealt with USCIS, you'll you'll understand. I'll <laughs> If, uh, you know, when you look beyond that, though, just then you have to submit stuff to the league and the league do their thing. And they're very particular about when you can announce people and you've mm. got to submit the stuff to the Federation because it's an Open Cup game. Um, there's a lot of moving parts to that. And it's hard to know even if the deal is over the line, um, if it's, you know, actually going to actually gonna be available for selection, if, if they're going to have announced it yet. There's, it's just a lot of really annoying things that go on in the background to make these signings happen. And so I, d I don't know. He could be available. And I mean, that kind of possibly impacts whether Joe Farrell is is going to be a playing. Because let's be clear now, there are two true centre-backs and then there's Kevin Lambert. Mm -hmm. That's who we've got. That's, that's who there is. That's all there is. Because James Moose is out injured and he's not going to be available. Nal Dunn's out injured. He's not going to be available. Jets, like I'd be surprised to see Jonah Levin so mm -hmm. I, I really don't know. Um, I think, again, Farrell, if you ever speak to Joe Farrell, there are, there are all players want to play, but Joe Farrell wants to play. Uh <laughs> yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, can can will Rick take that, you know, bite that bullet of like, hey, this guy's played most, I'm sure, every single game this season. You know, maybe give him a little bit of a rest, and maybe just keep him on the bench and see. You but know, then has he has he looked like he's flagging? Has he looked oh, like he's he struggling? Yeah. Well, then exactly. Like, yeah. there's a point here where each player is different, and the amount of minutes that they can handle is is different. Um, worth noting, and Rick said this when it comes down to the rotation, you have to think of the hard a hard Wednesday session for the club is 60 minutes. Mm. So there's two-thirds of a regular game done. Now, it could be twice that because it could go into extra time. Yeah. But there's two-thirds of a typical game is is just what they'd usually be doing in training anyway. So in that yeah. sense, They're already is accustomed. it really... Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like You're not necessarily adding minutes and adding more stress to them that they necessarily wouldn't have had if they have a particularly tough Wednesday training session, which by the sound of things is something that they do do. Um, it's, yeah... It, I, I don't know. I think it depends on how 
how Joe is feeling, how he's how he's doing in general, um, and probably a lot of observations about how he's looking in training, how the how the medical staff feel about him. Um, all of those things are going to add into whether he's really able to do the extra extra playing time in midweek. For sure. I uh, like Max's. Also, uh, shout out Blaze Hardy. Sorry, can we shout out Pat Moses there with Blaze Hardy? You know, it's time. It's we want we want to get the Blaze Hardy party going. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, Max with a really good comment here. It says it's uh it's easy to overlook how difficult it can be for a USL player to hit 100 caps with one club. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. You yeah, know, there's so much turnover in these rosters that, mm-hmm. that when it comes down to it, you know, it's it's hard for. For players to stay somewhere long enough, you know, to get a hundred games under their belt. But mm-hmm. he, he's genuinely been a fantastic servant to the club since what 2018. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, 100 is not easy. I saw those pictures that they posted on their Instagram. So really great stuff there. Congratulations to to Joe Farrell. Um, a couple more questions, Owen. What do you expect as far as attendance to this Wednesday game? I know their last US Open Cup game was uh lacking i would say for, i'm for like- worried and i'll say why did you check ticket master? i gather I, oh, I did check ticket master yeah <laughs> um <laughs> i checked ticket master the problem is the tickets look like they're like full price so unlike the valley united game when they were cheaper so yeah it's it's a harder sell oh, that, that's, that's why i had a hey. question because louisville is putting really cheap tickets on i saw their twitter account it's like six dollars to go Get into their stadium just to watch the the, the U.S. Open Cup game they have. So why not do that for these games? You know, you'd rather have more people in there than not at all. So uh. that's questions beyond us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, hopefully. There's a can, I, can I just you know what? If you want to show up there tomorrow, there is a chance. And can we can we just acknowledge the comment from Jet here that Let's can see. you imagine giving some giving Blaze his professional debut on four twenty? I know you're gonna. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would. I would wear my OG's uh, shirt if uh, if that happened. <laughs> that way we can uh, make sure to tuck it yeah. away in the bag just in case. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, uh, Owen, uh, just to wrap up uh, this talk on the U.S. Open Cup tomorrow, predictions. Oh, going to happen? Are we? Are we doing ninety I'm minutes? Worst. I hate these. I hate doing predictions <laughs> just because. It's again. What's going to happen? I hate doing predictions because I, especially for this, when I really don't know quite what's gonna, what's gonna happen. Um, yeah. Do we have odds yet? I'm looking to see if we've got odds, and I don't know it's if we've got odds odd. yet. I was checking before the game. Have we not got any? No, there's only odds for today at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, you know what I'm gonna go with? I think it's gonna go beyond 90 minutes. Oh man. Another offside <laughs> four. What are we doing here? We're gonna make it ten in a row. Ten games that Rising could, you know, go the distance. They're gonna yeah. fail to win in ninety minutes. I think ten knockout games in a row. I'm gonna go with Michael's prediction here. Rising wins one zero in extra time. I think this is the type of game that they're. I think they're scrappy in that sense that they're gonna be able to to fight those ninety minutes and then just take the lead at the end and, and go home after that. So we'll see. Well, maybe maybe Lalo maybe Lalo will score the winning penalty in kicks from the mark. Mm, we'll see. We'll see. So yeah, I hope he's been practicing. I hope he's been practicing him just in yeah, case. You have to be ready for those. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Hopefully, Rising can get a, a win. Now, Owen, I don't know if you know this. So just for me and everybody to kind of get on the same page. So if Rising does win tomorrow. That's a jinx yes. thing. What? So, what region would they fall under? Does it depend on who wins? <laughs> I don't think so. But again, this is all quite obscure because when the last draw happened, it was some groups of four, some groups of six, and mm. what we were led to believe prior to that was that it was going to be groups of four or six, and everyone was going to be the same. Mm-hmm. That obviously didn't happen. So, U.S. soccer does what U.S. soccer does. Um, per our understanding, from what it what it says here. Uh, in you know, all the stuff that US Soccer have put out, it will be four, again, groups of four. So just mm-hmm. four, everyone will be in groups of four. My expectation is that Rising would join the three winners out of the South uh, Southern California region. Gotcha. So that but could that, be... Again, don't quote yeah. me on that. <laughs> so that would be the winner of LAFC against Orange County, the winner of... Um, the other one, San Diego against LA Galaxy, 
and the winner of FC Tucson against California United Strikers. So there is a guaranteed Division Three team from the West that will be in the next round. And we're just going to have to see. We'll see. And uh, so They're Galaxy... playing today, aren't they? They're playing today. I think later tonight, yeah. So Galaxy... Later tonight, 7.30. They're playing uh, San Diego, right? And then... Yeah, Galaxy are playing San Diego. LAFC... LAFC are hosting Orange County. Nice, nice. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I, the more I like hang around the U.S. Open Cup, the more I'm into it, just because of these matchups and what could happen. So this is really fun for me this year. All right, cool guys. So yeah, awesome, awesome talk. Thank you for everybody in the in the comments. Shout out to Jose. He says, "Go Rising, go United." I love being from both states. There are a lot of people from both states. Uh, I had a buddy of mine, Joey, he who used to live here, he used to be in my soccer team, and he moved to New Mexico. Um, and he's like, I'm torn because because I, I go to the New Mexico games, but I love Rising, so it's uh, he's a little bit torn on that side. It's so. the wrong way around. I'd understood if people were leaving New Mexico and coming over here to Arizona, you know, they'd seen the light. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, y'all. So, uh, let's take a quick break and talk about OG's brands. Uh, as Owen pointed it out, uh, 420 is around the corner, uh, so you can celebrate. We've got a game on that day. Yeah. Oh my God, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> uh, you guys can celebrate with our friends at OG's uh, 4 4 They're good people with amazing scratch-made THC gummies. Our PHNX fam hung out with them at Budzapalooza this past Friday in downtown Phoenix, and they gave away two tickets to game one of the NBA playoffs for the Phoenix Suns. And if you weren't able to join the fun, you can still show our friends at OG some love. They have amazing flavors like orange creamsicle, tropical, and watermelon. So really great flavors from there. And if you're interested in trying the amazingly delicious variety of flavors that OG's Brands has to offer, you can go to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com to find an OG's near you. And again, 420 tomorrow, so you, you might want to stock up, man. It's going to be a fun time. Rumor has it, rumor has it that if someone drops a super chat in here, that Ramon is actually going to stop off at a dispensary on the way to the game tomorrow. Yes. And, uh, why are you saying that? I don't get paid for, Friday. for himself on, for the match. It's either gas or OGs. Come on, man. I'm just kidding. OGs all the way. But yeah, if we get a super chat. I'll do it. I'm just saying. I'll just put it out there. I, uh, he's, he's now agreed to it. So if we get a super chat, he's going to do it. Why do you always do this on, this, on these videos? <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So after that OG stuff, uh, Owen, you had a couple of announcements to make. So let's let's hear them. Yeah. Can we give some shout outs here? Because some people want shout outs, apparently. Um, one of which we mentioned this on Saturday. Uh, I got kind of grabbed at halftime um, and asked to take a picture of some people. So can we get that picture up of the, uh, the happy couple? Shout out to Tori and Ash, uh, who got engaged at halftime. I in think the, uh, game. her video too, or some of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, Down that in the south end, half time. If you saw that little plume of smoke, that was them. And uh, shout to someone else as well. I hear it is uh, Ken's birthday. And Ken, if you're watching us, this is a bad decision to be making at 6 30 on your birthday. I'm sure there are far better things you could be doing. <laughs> no, he wants to hang out with us. Happy birthday, Ken. Thank you so much. Awesome. All right. That's about it. But if you, if, if anyone wants shout outs, just, just, you know, just, just message us. Like, we're, we're, <laughs> the game we're down be- for shout outs. We're always down for shout outs. All right. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Uh, Owen, let's transition here and talk about the, the USL results during the last week, uh, during this last weekend. Um, the, I, I think the game of the week to me, besides, you know, the rising in New Mexico, was that San Diego Loyal versus Louisville. I got a chance to watch the highlights. That was a crazy game, man. What? Oh, man, Sean. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. The peacemaker coming up big. All right. Now I got to go to OGsBrands.com to find one near me. Thanks, peacemaker. <laughs> I got you. You, know, you. you set it up. I. You think I was gonna just going to – you know, you gave me the opportunity. I had to do it. You think I was going to let that go? Oh, my God. See? <laughs> Dang it, Sean. All right. I'll do it. I'll do it for us. Thank you. He's going to do it. Let's go. Oh my God. Look what I got into. Uh, but yeah, the USL, the results, uh, Owen, what's, what's going on over here? What's going on? It was a weird weekend, wasn't it? Let's be honest. And that yeah. no game took that more than that five, two, that mm-hmm. San Diego Louisville game. And I watched it back afterwards for, for a starter. What a poor performance from San Diego's goalkeeper. Let's be clear. Or yeah. just their defense in general on the goals that they conceded, that excluding the penalties, it was, it was bad, right? Mm-hmm. They they were poor. They were really, really poor. Um, and I think that they ultimately deserved the loss, let's be clear. And all of those penalties as well, the penalties, the red cards, I have no issue with any of them. 
um, which is strange in a game that's had three penalties and two red cards. Normally there's some kind of ways you can get picky about it, but I felt like they were all reasonable, um, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah. Look, it, it was a... I mean, even looking at some of the other... Even looking at some of the other games, you know, it's just... Yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, to Jet's uh, comment here, John Morrissey... Um, yeah, they were uh, highlighting the fact that Louisville, when they when there's defensive mistakes in the back, they they take advantage of them, and that's why they're, mm-hmm. they're you know the 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 best team in the league right now. So they yeah. were, re- and you're right, they were really taking advantage. I mean, that first goal in the first couple of minutes, just I don't know what they were doing. Yeah. I really, really don't know what Louisville would uh, sorry what San Diego were doing there defensively. Um, you look at the second goal, ignoring the pen- again, just ignoring the penalties and the way that it was just just kind of drops, like. The goalkeeper goes to get collect the ball from a corner and just kind of runs into his own guy and spills the ball. Um, yeah. And then even even the last goal, I think the keeper's not really committing. Um, yeah, some weird stuff during yeah. that game. Yeah, that's that's definitely not the San Diego we've been seeing throughout the course of the season. Um, Oakland got their first win, four to one over Loudon. That was really good. Big big for them, big for them, and big win as well. Um, it's it's huge for a team that have been struggling there. Um and Juan's boy is a you know, yeah, it's super chat. We don't have a super chat in here. And we root for DCFC that just took down Columbus. Is DCFC a danger for Louisville in the east? Thank you, Rob, for that super I, chat. Owen, what do you think? The Nice are all stars. Um <laughs> we've got to be clear. Yeah, they they are overperforming for what they are. Um, and that's in no small part down to the fact that they are well coached. Um, Trevor James is a very good coach. Mm-hmm. And you see some of the adjustments he makes in these games at like halftime. And he, he reads the game very, very well um, and makes the right kind of changes like that, which it it's hard when you're up against teams like that. Um, and, you know, ultimately... Uh, the Kiwa Stadium is not an easy place to go and play. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people are pointing to the fact that there are. Mm-hmm. Well, it's so it's such a small stadium. That's the thing, right? You see the you see the footage, right? Where like there's barely enough space for the bench <laughs> because to fit the um, to fit the pitch in there, it's it's yeah. you know, it's a struggle. Um, they had to repaint it because it wasn't wide enough. Wow. Um, but look, I think Pat's ultimately right there. They're really not deep, okay? This is a team that has very, very uh, little depth at all in it. So at some point, there is going to be probably a struggle. Um, it's it's going to come in a couple of weeks' time, possibly, especially even, you know, as much as they can all be happy about this Open Cup win today, mm-hmm. that's something that kills teams. It kills teams that aren't deep. New Mexico found that in 2019. Um, when they went really deep and they just didn't have sufficient depth to make that work. Um, It kills teams, especially when you've got as little depth as Detroit has, which to be clear is very, very little depth. You're going to have one or two injuries rack up and it just completely guts their ability to, Mm -hmm. to do what they do. Um, It's, it's tough, but Again, they're one of the teams with the least financial resources in the league, from what we all understand, um, which makes things tough. You know, maybe though, if if Detroit were letting drums in today, maybe the result would have been different. You know, I hear they, I hear they, I hear they weren't letting drums into the stadium from Columbus, which uh, was interesting because there was some talk about blaming it on the league rules, which of course we Mm -hmm. clarified this morning. Nothing to do with that in the league rules. it's interesting. I, I think I think that a lot of the talk here is right and they are going to struggle um going forward just because you know at some point they get you know they're gonna run out of depth. Um, yeah. No, I'm that's what's I'm, I'm happy for them. They're their first year in, in USL championship. They beat they take down an MLS team and that's something to commend them for. And you know, like you're saying, you know, they can you know enjoy tonight, but going forward it may be a struggle the fact that they ended up with the win. But uh rob thank you so much for that super chat we really appreciate it thank you again if you guys want to drop more super chats and no sean no two super chats mean does not mean two ogs edibles tomorrow just to, <laughs> just to let you know i gotta drive home I gotta drive home after the game uh but yeah great stuff um colorado they uh going back to the usl championship last week and they they lost uh to memphis two to one so that was a little bit of a surprise maybe not the way colorado's been playing but definitely something to see 
um, LA Galaxy 3-1 over Monterey, uh, tied between Orange County and Sacramento, and then San Antonio eke by El Paso 1-0. I thought that was really interesting because El Paso had a few chances uh, based on the well, that's a, It's a tough game. It's a, it, Again, it's Copa Tejas, right? It's it's tough. Yeah. That's, you know, two two teams that are... Yeah, there's a lot of dislike between a lot of those clubs. Not in a in a bad way necessarily, but on the field, you know, there's a lot of uh, desire mm-hmm. to get the one over each other. So, hey, it's it is what it is. Those kind of rivalry games are often closer than than they should be. Um, and so, I think that's what we saw really. Definitely, never a dull weekend in USL Championship. Never a dull week. <laughs> uh, moving on to the US Open Cup. Of course, we just got the result here: Detroit over Columbus. Uh, from what I see, Owen, and correct me if I'm wrong, Phoenix versus New Mexico is the only all-USL matchup in the third round. I believe you are correct, right? But let's look at what some of the other USL teams are doing right now. At the moment, this is this is live, actually, but South Georgia to mentor are two goals up away to Birmingham Legion. Oof. Big result. And at halftime, it's Dallas 1, Tulsa 1. Oh, that one's fun. Okay. So, you know, then there's obviously other chances for upsets and some others tonight, you know, your LA Galaxy against San Diego. You know, that's one that's actually getting a lot of talk because, of course, Landon Donovan going back to his former club. But do you think that San Diego can get a result at LA Galaxy? We'll see, depending on what Galaxy... The Galaxy tied this last weekend against Chicago Fire. They're they're playing away. So we'll see. We'll see what kind of uh, squad they put in. And I think that's basically the talk of US Open Cup, at least in the beginning stages. Are they going to field their best team? Are they going to put... Their stars um, against these uh, lower division teams. So we'll see. Can right. San Diego do it? I feel like they can, but it's going to be a tight one. It's like a 1 0 or something like that. I think it all comes down to can Nate work out how to get it done in that game? Because I don't think Landon will be the one coming out with how to get that done. Um, another interesting one was Louisville City. I don't I don't think they play tonight. I think they play tomorrow. Louisville City versus St. Louis City 2 uh, mm-hmm. from MLS Next Pro. So that one's going to be interesting. St. Louis, of course, they're going to be joining uh, MLS here pretty soon. So that's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, and then I have uh, Rochester, New York FC, uh, again, mm-hmm. of MLS Pro against FC Motown. So uh, that one looks interesting. That's going to be really why, fun. Why, well, MLS next pro. I'm going to give this one a skip. I'm, I'm skipping these. Uh, okay, whatever. No, I'm not feeling MLS next pro. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how they do. Um Richmond Kickers, USL League One, North Carolina Fusion under 23, USL League Two. So those are really, really some of the lowest divisions that are left. So looking forward to well, that. Well, NC, NC Fusion are one of uh, two open division teams, I believe, that remain in this in this competition. Uh, and there's one other, isn't there? There is one other that we have left in the competition. And the one other is, I believe, uh, where are we? Didn't you mention them playing against uh, Rochester, New York? It's FC Motown, uh, right? Yeah. So yeah, FC MPS. Motown. So it's two two open division teams that remain: FC Motown and North Carolina Fusion under twenty threes. And can they make it through again? Notable that, of course, neither of them got. Um, neither of them managed to get through. Uh, sorry, neither managed to draw an MLS team. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely some good stuff here. So, uh, and again, you can watch every game on ESPN Plus if you have it. That's going to be uh, some really fun stuff tonight and tomorrow. All right, y'all. So uh, let's take a quick break. Talk about DraftKings, of course. If you guys aren't aware, the NBA playoffs are here, and of course, our very own Phoenix Suns are playing the New Orleans Pelicans tonight. Hopefully, they can get their second win. Um, Owen kindly reminded me on Twitter that I had chosen the Pelicans to win Game One. That did not happen. Uh, but if you guys are uh, wanting to bet, too right, it didn't happen. Too right, it didn't happen. <laughs> if you guys are wanting to bet on the NBA, uh, you guys can use DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet five dollars on any team to win and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. Um, all DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same game parlays. Plus, each day of the first round, get a risk-free bet up to ten dollars. If your same game parlay doesn't hit, bet the Suns, baby. Suns to the moon. I want to hear you guys, hear from you guys. What bets do you like in the first round? If you guys are in the comments, let me know. If you guys haven't yet, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly.
only. I feel like we're getting some uh, internet troubles here. Does the peacemaker want to hop in? And <laughs> I was trying. I was gonna. Internet's over here. Uh, but yeah, new customers only minimum five dollar deposit. Eligibility restrictions Ramon, apply. Ramon, 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 Ramon. Am I? Am I out? We lost you for a lot of that. <laughs> oh. My God. Do you need to start over because my internet is not working out? You want, do you want me to add read for you? <laughs> I'll tell you what, let's get let, let's get Sean on this. Let's get Sean on this. He might have better takes than the Suns uh, losing game one. Yeah, well, I'm not that crazy. I never would predict the um, I never would predict the Suns to lose. They're going to sweep this series. So Ramon is crazy for that. Um, but like Ramon <laughs> said, um, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You get place a bet on any team to win the, their um, game, and you get 150 dollars in free bets. Mm-hmm using promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's 21 plus Arizona only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for more details. I am um, not, I need to start betting on USL is what I want to do. You do, you do, you do. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of things come up normally about the day before um, all the odds drop for that. So how have you, yeah, how, have you, have you been, betting on usl how are i have picking? i've been having some good success on it there's a there's a good lot of bearing in mind that of course the thing i guess that's that's the difference here between um you know the betting on say you know football games and, yeah. as opposed to betting on other things is that of course you can have a money line where every option because there are free options is plus money so there's there's always opportunities because you know Sometimes, and we've, I think, completely lost Ramon now. Um, There's always opportunities to try and, like, win money on things that necessarily aren't as, you know, favored as they should be Um, because you can have a draw as well. And the other thing I think is that, in general, if you you pay enough attention to USL, you pick up a lot of things that kind of go under the radar um, in terms of, in terms of the way the odds are set. So there's definitely some, some options there in terms of, Find yourself some money, and we may have Ramon back. Hello, look who's back. back. Terrible. I got the worst connection. Sorry about <laughs> that, y'all. Um, but I, I'm, I might, I'm gonna start looking to you, Owen, for some, some tips on USL betting. Um, I think we're gonna have to this weekend. We're gonna have to get back on there, and you know, we, if Rising can make it through, we might be looking at doing something brief on Friday, talking about the Open Cup draw. So maybe you know, at that point, with the odds out for Saturday's games, be, uh, I'll be I'll talk be, a little bit about that. I'll be looking out. Get that money. Oh, yeah. well, I was gonna I was gonna make a comment about how I I took out Edwin. Now I took out Ramon. Like I'm coming for each of you. <laughs> Ramon, Ramon escaped for now. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's slowly survived for now, but you know, we'll, you know, yeah. Now I've got. To, I've realized we're about ten minutes off of finishing this, and I'm going to have to make a decision, which is what do I want to do? Do I want to watch the Suns hand the Pelicans' asses to him, or do I want to watch LA Galaxy hand Landon Donovan's ass to him? And that's a tough decision. Decision, decisions. Yeah, I mean, or I could I'm, do both. I could do both. Like it's, it's, you got the laptop, you got the TV. You know, you <laughs> balancing. Is the whole bandwidth of the internet, but because uh, I think that's what I'm doing right now. But <laughs> uh, that's pretty much it for me uh, for today's show. Owen, any uh, extra comments that we have? You know what? Let's let's do one little thing. Let's add, end on a positive, then on a nice positive here. Which I think we know we spoke about Greg Hurst earlier. Um, we didn't quite come to the full conclusion of that one, which is that he's really actually, even though we were talk- singing his praises at the start of the season, he's really impressed with how well he's coped with a step up from League One to the championship. And and Rick actually had some nice things to say about him today. So let's run ahead and roll that video. Um, listen, Greg is extremely technical, very, very good soccer player, very intelligent, very understanding of his positions, can play wide on the left. He can play as a nine. He can play as a, you know, combo forwards, you know, in a 4-4-2, 3-5-2, whatever. He, he's a guy that understands the game. The only thing Greg needs, I think, is probably a little bit more strength, a little bit more endurance, um, and maybe a little bit more quickness. And, you know, it's difficult to improve your quickness and speed. But, you know, like Arturo, I think that a year in the championship for Greg, and and you're probably going to see, you know, an all-league player next year. And uh, if he doesn't do it this year, because he's playing really well right now. And a lot of that has to do with his intelligence. 
just a very, very good player from what we've seen so far this season. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more of it this year. Yeah, no, I think that that was one of the things we were talking about in our earlier shows this year. Like, how would Greg Hurst adjust to the level of play in the USL Championship? And I think he's done perfectly fine. I, uh, we, I pegged him maybe a little bit lower than Repetto, but I think Hurst has come out and, and said, you know what, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gonna take everything and I'm gonna do what I can. And I think Rick, one of the things that I like that he said was his, uh, his awareness. His ability to see the field, nowhere to be, nowhere to go uh, during the course of play, I think really helps Greg. And I think the fact that he has acknowledged that maybe his physicality and, and strength is one of his weaknesses um, is true because we, we often see it when there's a, a high ball in the air, or a long ball um, that's hit towards Greg. Greg will sometimes rehearse. I mean, he won't really go for it too much because I think either he already knows he's not going to win that matchup or he or the strength wise he just doesn't have what it takes to go against those center backs but in the same case as Arturo like Rick said maybe if he puts in you know another year in the in the gym gets that strength back up I think he'll, he'll be a really good player yeah I'm really looking forward again to seeing just you know how how far he can go this season and, and indeed if he's still here next year just how well he can perform then yeah definitely um, I do want to shout out everybody in the comments. You guys, again, make it super exciting to be part of the PHNX Rising podcast. Can we shout out all the people who hopped in with the Super Chats to help make sure that Ramon is uh, on the OGs tomorrow for, not for 420, for the 420 game? That's why I disconnected my modem because I didn't want more Super Chats. I'm just kidding. That's not, that's not what I meant. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, thank you to everybody in the in the comments, Rob. Thank you again for that Super Chat. Michael, making it always fun. Uh, Jet. Pat, Lee, uh, Jose over here. I haven't seen him before. Uh, thank you so much for being part of uh, the chat today. Um, so tomorrow we will be at Wild Horse Pass for the U.S. Open Cup game against New Mexico. We will have a live post-game show, hopefully after 90 minutes of play. But, <laughs> but Hopefully. We'll... <laughs> as long as Rising wins in 90 minutes of play. Exactly. Good catch. There, I mean, if we have another, if we have another of those days where we don't leave that stadium until midnight because it just goes on that late, um, I'm not ready for the rest of the week after that. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. <laughs> sure. Uh, but yeah, well, join us tomorrow for that live post game show. Um, it's gonna be a great time, and we hope that you can make it up to the game. Otherwise, you guys can watch it on ESPN Plus. But that's it from us here at PHNX Rising. Uh, Owen, Owen, anything else? I think we just need to plug a certain social media account before we go, just quickly. Yes. Yeah, we have, I haven't said it today. I haven't I said know. it today, so go ahead. Come on. <laughs> so if you haven't yet, you guys can follow us on Twitter, PHNX underscore underscore rising. Double the underscores, double the fun, and apparently double the internet interruptions today. So There we go. There we go. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us on the PHNX Rising podcast. We will see you next time. Take care. Have a good night.